You're listening to episode 66 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a holistic nutritionist and women's lifestyle coach living in Hamilton, Ontario in Canada. And here on the Room to Grow podcast, I bring you thoughts or guests in areas of nutrition, mindset, lifestyle, and entrepreneurship that will help you gain confidence so you can stress less and elevate yourself to create the life you love. We are not here to do things perfectly, but we are here to learn from each other and to grow with lots of self-love and compassion along the way. Let's get started. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. And today I'm bringing you such a sweet, dear friend of mine, Rhonda Trollman. And this is a really special episode because we don't talk about exercise a huge amount on, on the podcast. Um, but today we are going to be talking to Rhonda all about this because we're coming at it from the perspective of treating exercise in a way that's going to actually benefit us in the long term and benefit our health. It's not just about fitting into our skinny jeans. And I love talking to Rhonda about this because she is not only super passionate about this topic, but she has a very unique perspective in terms of what she does in her everyday work life that really translates to teaching us about motivation, frankly, and, and how we need to start changing the story in our heads and the relationship that we have with exercise to come at it from a more functional perspective. So Rhonda is actually a part of the physical therapy environment. That's typically what she works with the most as she works with breast cancer survivors. She works with people who have disabilities, um, people who maybe have amputated limbs as well, the elderly who are struggling to you know, maintain their balance and their independence. She has such a unique perspective on this and she spent the last 10 years working one-on-one in a physical therapy environment. So she has all kinds of amazing, amazing experience in this area. Her passion with helping people is helping them to find ways to actually enjoy exercise and movement. So whether recovering from injuries or dealing with chronic pain, such as arthritis, to overcoming exercise boredom or years of being sedentary, her goal is to assist people in finding the best program that works for them. And she's giving us some really specific tips and ways to not only enjoy exercise and build it into our everyday life, but starting really small. And she's sharing some of our most, her, her most incredible success stories that were bringing tears to my eyes. This is just amazing. You absolutely have to listen to this episode and hear how passionate she is about helping people to really enjoy their lives and to maintain their health. We're getting into some really cool stuff in this one. So I'm not going to hold this up any longer. I'm going to turn it over to the interview with Rhonda. Hey there, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. And I am so excited to have a guest that I have wanted on for ages. My dear friend, Coach Rhonda Trollman. Rhonda, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, Ems, I'm so excited to be here. This is really cool. <laughs> this is awesome. I love it. Well, you and I met uh, a couple of years ago, virtually met. We, we didn't actually get to meet in person, sadly, but we were hoping to make that happen this year. Um, but we have just been connecting on and off ever since. And I'm so excited to bring you on because I think that you work with such a unique population and, and have such a unique perspective on movement and exercise that I absolutely had to bring you on to talk more about this. So tell us a little bit more about you and what you do and you know, your, your story, like how did you end up doing what, what you're doing today? 
So yes, kind of fascinating story. And it's interesting that we are on this week because this is actually, this week is my 10 year anniversary with the physical therapy clinic that I've been working at. So oh, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> and the interesting thing about it is this was never intended to be uh, more than a six month job. So what happened was back in 2008, I actually was an interior designer. Um, and I'd been in that field for about eight years and then the great recession hit and the architecture firm I was working with out of 120 of us had to lay off everybody but 10 people mm. um, just because it, it hit us so hard. So I happened to have injured my back. I had sciatica and I went to my physical therapist who I'd seen previously for a knee injury and I was just like desperate. I was out of work for four months. My husband had lost his job as well. And um, I just happened to ask him, I'm like, hey, you know, I could do anything. You guys looking for somebody to do something? And he knew from my knee injury and whatnot that I was very active and I like to be athletic and such. And so he's like, yeah, you know, we're hiring for a part-time physical therapy um, tech. And what that is in is the person, if you go to physical therapy, they work with the therapist. They're the ones that typically take people through the exercises. So I was like, sweet. Yeah, I can do this for six, you know, cause in my mind, I'm thinking the economy's coming back in six months. I'll go back to interior design. This is a great little bridge just to get me through. <laughs> so my field didn't come back. Um, the recession was very bad, especially here in Arizona. Um, and I just started seeing, I got, then they wanted me to work full time as a tech and I started learning a lot from the therapist. And then I started recognizing that when people were done with therapy and it, usually it's driven by insurance here in the States, um, they weren't ready to go out in the real world. They, they still needed more rehabbing and strengthening. So I asked if I could kind of just train people for 10 bucks an hour, half hour, um, and to see if people would want that. So long story short, um, I ended up getting my certification as a personal trainer, group fitness instructor, precision nutrition coach, and a gift fellow, which is a great institute of functional training. That was a 10 month program. Um, and here I am 10 years later. Oh my gosh. I love it. And how did you, how did you feel about that transition? Because that's a big jump too. Like that's a completely different field from what you were doing with interior design. Were you excited about it or did it seem kind of daunting? Actually, totally excited about it. And the funny thing is, Emily, is that when I worked in the, in the architecture firms, I worked at several, um, I always had a walking club that was called the Shoestring Express. And we would I got a group of people on our lunch hour to go out and walk. Um, and with one of the firms was near a very hilly golf course. And so it was really cool. We'd go out and walk four miles on our lunch break. So I've not always been very active and um, love lifting weights and, and walking and all this stuff. So for me, it was super exciting to transition because this is stuff I, I did as a hobby. So it was kind of like the stuff I was doing on the side then became my job. So it was pretty cool. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. That's, that's when you kind of know the, that everything has kind of come into alignment and you have made the right decision because you just feel like you're sort of in the right place at the right time. Not, exactly. not in terms of like the job loss and stuff, but the other things as they were coming together, I'm sure. Exactly. I feel like it was meant to be, obviously. And, you know, it's like I was meant to hurt my back and I was meant to ask him if, you know, he had an opening and it was just, it's all just started falling into place. So 
um, yeah, it was, it was really exciting. And what the exciting part is, like you said, I, I have a very different perspective in the, in the, in working in a big box gym is that as I was a tech, I started seeing how people were coming in very injured, very weak, um, and leaving, getting their life back again. So it was so gratifying to see that people were focusing on movement and exercise for quality of life versus just trying to fit into skinny jeans or get as skinny as possible. And that's fine. Those goals are fine, but there's much more to it than to exercise than just trying to get skinny. Yes. And this is what I wanted to talk to you about because you are all about embodying strength and not just strength, but functional strength, functional movement, because we're moving all the, all the time. Like, I think that a lot of us are forgetting that just because we leave a sedentary life, you know, even just getting up from your chair or getting into your, in and out of your car or, you know, picking up your groceries, all of these things require functional strength. And if we aren't taking the time and putting in the effort to care for ourselves, to, to allow those movements to happen, we're going to really notice when, when those things fail us. Exactly. And honestly, Emily, like movement and you and I have talked about this before, is a gift. It's, it's something we need to nurture. We need to take care of it. We not, need to not take it for granted. Um, I see all the time people come in in wheelchairs. We have a very tragic case um, of a family, a policeman and his wife and two kids that got into a horrible car accident. She and the kids are fine. They did okay. I mean, she's in for some therapy, but he literally had to have his right arm and right leg amputated. So he's literally half a body right now. And you can't take the fact, he would love to be back in full embodiment, moving, doing what he used to do. And he, and you know, I give him mad props. He's in physical therapy. He's got prosthetic legs. We're teaching him prosthetic arm. You know, his goal yesterday was talking about, he wants to go to Disney World with the family and he wants to be able to walk on his prosthetic and not be in his wheelchair. So when you look at situations like that and you think, if someone like that can use movement to reach these goals, then more the, us that are lucky enough to be um, fully embodied with all our limbs and everything, we need to treat, we need to take this movement and move in our body, not for granted. We really need to nurture this and take care of ourselves. Oh, that, that could not be more true. I mean, if that doesn't light a fire under people's ass to get moving, I don't know what does, because that is the kind of motivation like we don't, we don't know what we have until it's gone. That's even, right. Even something like, um, like getting a cold. We, we don't really think about what a pain in the ass it can be to have a cold until we have one. And when exactly. we're healthy, we're not really thinking about it until someone near us starts like coughing and sneezing and we're like, Oh, get away from us. <laughs> but right. we don't appreciate what we have when we have it. And it's not, it, it takes losing something, which it shouldn't have to get to that point to That's appreciate. Right. That's exactly right. And it's funny. I, it's, I love that you mentioned that about the cold um, or something simple like that. It's, it's funny how when we're healthy and we're running around and we feel good, we find other tiny things to complain and bitch about, right? It's like all of a sudden these, these mindless things, oh, we're having a bad hair day or, you know what I mean? Just ridiculous things. And then something like this happens where if, you know, you see someone lose half their body, that's like, oh shit. 
who cares what my hair looks like? You know, why am I focusing on this little stuff? And that's human nature. I mean, of course, but um, yeah, it's the fact if you are listening to this and you can move your body and raise your arms and even if you're in a wheelchair and march your legs or whatever it is, be grateful for that because there's a lot of people out there that wish that they could do that, that can't. Oh, that, I can't, I can't underscore that enough. And tell us a little bit more about the population that, that you work with, because I know you mentioned that you have worked with some people who um, have amputated limbs. You, you also have some really cool uh, patients and, and people that, that you get to work with that I'd love to hear more about. Oh gosh. So yeah, I have a really cool population. Um, I have a client who has MS. She's a, and she's hung in there. She's a trooper. Um, and she's really fun to work with. She's deteriorated, declined over the years, but she's a fighter and she's, she is damn determined to put off that wheelchair for as long as she can. So she's been fun. My longest client that started with me nine years ago, and this is kind of a fun story. Um, he was 71 when he first started with me. So you can do the math. He's 80 this year. In fact, he just flew back this last weekend to Virginia to ask his girlfriend to marry him. Oh, so, my heart is exploding. <laughs> That's so cute. So when I met him, he was about 45 pounds overweight, um, had such bad knees that he could not even step up on a four inch step. And so just very deconditioned and out of shape. And so we started with, I met him where he was at, took baby steps, got him, you know, stronger, stronger, stronger through the years, lost 45 pounds. Um, he hated exercise. Now he lives for it. Uh, flash forward to today and he's doing battle ropes and swinging two 20 pound kettlebells. And he told me before he gets married, his goal is to be able to lift his new bride over the threshold. So we're going to be working on that. Um, he can now step up on like a higher step than I can. It's yeah, he can step up on like a 30 inch step does like 40 repetitions on each leg. Um, and he is thriving at age 80, thriving, thriving. I mean, he's going to get married and build, and build a house. So I have people like that. Um, I have some breast cancer survivors that are great to work with. And that again, you know, you take, that makes you take your health, not, you know, be very grateful for what you have when you see what some of these people have been through. Um, so there are a lot of fun. There's a lot of things we have to watch out for lymphedema and range of motion and different things like that. Um, yeah. So just kind of, I've got a couple post-stroke people who are just doing amazing. So in fact, one, you would never even know he had a stroke. He's just come so far. So yeah, just a wide variety. That's incredible. And, and I just, I love your, your more elderly client that just turned 80. Oh my gosh. Like he's probably more fit than the majority of the North American population. Oh, he, 110%. In fact, his doctor said that he goes every year and his doctor's like, I don't know how, what you're doing, but your heart is literally as healthy as a 40 year old. Oh so, my gosh. so typically this is what he'll do. He'll, and this is a person that hated exercise, by the way, hated it. He'll get up, walk two to four miles. Then he comes in about half hour before he's going to work with me, gets on the treadmill on an incline and does a little jog. He hangs on, jogs up a hill for half an hour. And then he works out with me doing kettlebells and battle ropes and, and those tall step ups and because he likes to travel around the world and, and um, yeah. And it's amazing to watch people watch him 
<laughs> and they're like, and I tell me, yeah, he's 80. And I actually have quite a few 70 somethings, almost 80 somethings that are just like him. It, it makes me, it inspires me for wow. sure. I might be 54 this year. So I'm like, you know, I want to be like you when, when I grow up because they inspire me to keep, keep going. You don't have to be sedentary. You don't have to be weak. You can, life can begin at 80, you know? Oh my gosh, Rhonda, that like, I just have the biggest smile on my face. That is just amazing. And actually, since you were talking about the fact that he didn't really enjoy exercise before, I think a lot of people feel that way. So what, what is it that you feel like shifts people's perspective to actually start enjoying it? Do you think that it's, it's because they just start getting better at it or because they start to see the results? Like, what is it that you think can shift people in that direction? So that's a great question. Um, I believe it's a combo of, of both of those things. I think, first of all, I think people need to start where they're at. And what can happen a lot of times is they start to do too much that they're not ready for, and then they hate it and they quit. So with him, we started with super basic stuff. You got to get a couple wins under his belt. Plus we have to establish balance and strength and all that stuff. And it's a path. It's not a quick fix. It's not an overnight thing. Um, so I started with where he was at and then we try, I'm all about trying fun things. I think exercise absolutely 1000% needs to be fun because otherwise what's the, why would you keep coming back for more? And when it's fun and you're starting to get results that just, it just, you know, it's a domino effect. You just want to keep going. So, you know, I remember when my kettlebells first came out and then I got certified to work with those. I was like, hey, you want to try this? You know, and so I have a lot of my 70 and 80 year olds doing kettlebells because it's great strengthener, really easy on the joints, gets the heart rate up. Um, I got, I also did um, train in the kickboxing gym years ago and we have, a, I brought a heavy bag, had to spy one when I first started. His name is Henry. And so I get a lot of my clients punching on Henry. I got a new 70 year old lady who was post-stroke and she, I was like, let's try punching on Henry. Let me try to, you know, if you don't like it, we don't have to do it, but it was great for the mobility in her spine and her back and getting that rotation and, and the hips and opening all that stuff. Plus who doesn't have fun hitting a heavy bag? Now right? she, <laughs> so she told me yesterday, she's like, I, um, I have my own Henry in my cart at Amazon and I'm about to press the, I'm about to press the buy button. I was like, that's fantastic. So I think it's a combo of meeting people where they're at, letting them feel how they feel better, not giving them too much too soon, and then finding some fun factors, you know, letting them try new things. Of course, you want to be strategic, but you also have to let them have some fun. Oh, those, those can be applied to absolutely anyone. Like everything that you just listed, I think is something that everyone needs to bear in mind because this is the thing we reach for the quick fix, right? We're like, Oh, how can I drop this weight as quickly as possible to get into the skinny jeans? And <laughs> that's when we have to remind people. And I, I spend so much time reminding clients. I'm like, listen, we need to focus more on your health. And then the weight will probably just naturally follow. But if right. we don't focus on your health, it's also not going to be very motivating because you know, when, when like the food that you're trying to avoid is staring you in the face or you don't want to get up and go to the gym or whatever, you have to have some sort of deeper motivation than fitting into a pair of pants. It's got to go deeper than that. <laughs> on, on so many levels. And the message that I want to get out into the world is that we've got to stop right now, today, making exercise only about weight loss. It ha it, that, yes, it, it, it contributes to it but it's so much more 
than freaking weight loss. It, it's, it's about living your life. Absolutely. And this is a, your clients in particular. This is why I really want to talk to you specifically about this because your clients in particular are the absolute embodiment of this. And you are taking them from, you know, having to, to potentially end up uh, in a wheelchair very quickly or not be able to do basic things. Like even I would imagine, you know, get themselves into a bathtub or right. little, little things like that, climb the stairs, any of those things. Yes. And it's about quality of life. And we're yes. talking basic quality of life here. Like this needs to be higher up on the menu for people and people need to start paying attention to why they need to start moving their bodies and moving them intentionally. That's exactly right. And I shared with um, a good friend of ours, Christina, on another podcast about one of my clients who came to me with Guillain-Barre. He was 76 when I got him and he finished physical therapy and they, could, they didn't get him very far in physical therapy. In fact, the new step they had to like wrap his feet with, with tubing to keep his feet from falling off. He was totally in a wheelchair. His family had to do everything for him. He couldn't even hold a water bottle, um, had to spoon feed him, the whole thing. And so I got him and I was like, you know, I'm not going to baby him. <laughs> I know it sounds ridiculous, but, and mine made it really fun. And I got him up and standing and it would only be for brief moments, maybe five seconds, 10 seconds, but I got him up. And then I started realizing this guy could transfer himself. So I taught him how to transfer. We got the transfer board out. We got him from his wheelchair onto a mat. His wife was like ecstatic because she was hurting her back. She's also 76, hurting her back, trying to lift him, hurting her wrist, you know, being his caregiver and trying to get him to the toilet and stuff. So we taught him how to do it himself. Well, that started getting stronger. Then I was able to get him to start doing in his wheelchair seated cable machine rows and, and things and all these exercises got him to a point where he could lay down and sit himself back up, got him to where he picked up his own water bottle and was able to drink his water bottle. He was started to be able to shave. He started to feed himself. And then I got him up on an upright right walker. And eventually we would be able to go for 20 minute walks on his upright walker. And this was a guy that came in on his wheelchair couldn't do a thing. And he, he had Guillain-Barre and Alzheimer's. Unfortunately, he passed away at 80. Oh. Um, but his quality of life in his last four life, and I was super honored, and I'm probably going to get all choked up here, but during his funeral, they mentioned me and oh. said, you gave, our, <clears throat> you gave our dad, my husband, our loved one, quality of life his last four years that he did not have for so long. And it took so much burden off of his family. So that's another thing we have to think about. If we let ourselves get weak and frail, who is gonna be burdened to take care of us? Because, and, and, and people give me the excuse like, you can't get, I'm too old, I'm too old. I have a shit ton of proof to prove you wrong. You know, if I can get a guy with Guillain-Barre and Alzheimer's at age 76, independent for four years, I don't want to hear excuses from anybody else. Mike, drop. <laughs> that was awesome. That was so well said. And it, you, you do have the proof. You 100% have the proof. And this is the stuff that, that people aren't thinking about. We're taking for granted the fact that we have enough strength in our arm to pick up a glass of water. Yes. 
And we aren't thinking longer term here. Actually, before we jumped on, you you mentioned, I asked if if there was something that you were particularly fired up about right now, because I basically, I just love getting guests worked up before I hit record. Exactly. (laughs) Nothing like a little blood pressure. Right? (laughs) (laughs) And you were telling me about this study around cardiovascular health. If you could tell us about that, I would love to to dig into this and unpack it a bit more because I I thought this was super fascinating. Yes. So um, as I was going through my breast cancer cert last year, there was a big emphasis emphasis on the, um, uh, on cardiovascular health um, in terms of running, hiking, walking, uh, whatever that may, whatever that looks like. And the science has come back to prove there's been studies on breast cancer. And now another recent study that I'm going to talk about here in a second, that we absolutely need to have a minimum of 150 minutes of moderate cardiovascular exercise plus two strength training sessions per week for, for health. Um, and right now, in a lot of the society, the exercise fitness world, um, cardio is being poo-pooed on as like, don't waste your time. Don't do this long, uh, steady state, moderate. And it's kind of being shit all over. Um, uh, this, the, another study came out recently and you, anybody can look this up. Um, just Google exercise, not exercising worse for health than smoking. Okay. If that doesn't get your attention, I don't know what will, but so a bunch of cardiologists decided to study 122,000 plus people in treadmill testing between the years of 1991 and 2014. And the results were better, better cardio fitness was linked to living longer. Um, the, the study also showed that they were not expecting at all is that not exercising um, was the same or higher risk than traditional risk factors such as smoking and diabetes. That's huge. That is huge. I need people to really hear that, like that not exercising is worse than smoking and diabetes. That is huge. And we all know how bad those are, right? Yes. And in fact, the cardiologist, and this may come to fruition in the next few years, who knows, want to make non-exercising a disease. Wow. Yes. And so it also showed um, that in... um, June, they found that 23% of Americans are not getting, only 20, sorry, only 23% of Americans are getting the recommended 150 minutes of moderate cardio or 75 minutes of intense cardio. So HIIT and all those things are great too. And then of course the strength training was emphasized in all these studies as well um, because we have to keep our strength up. But uh, the, the other amazing thing about this cardiologist study is they said that the more cardio was better and the more intense because it had been long believed that too much cardio might have reverse effects turned out not to be true. Um, and even the participants that are over 70 that are thriving in their study are the ones that are doing very intense cardio or, or, or longer bouts of a cardio. So now the science is starting to prove that um, not doing cardio is a, is a bad thing. So even though in our field it tends to be poo-pooed upon, um, start to close your ears when you hear that because the science is proving completely otherwise. Mm, that's so interesting. Now, I want to get your thoughts on 
like in that same thread, I, I kind of want to get your thoughts on what about, I know you mentioned HIIT, but what about exercises that are strength training, but more, more intensely and done at a faster pace? So I'm thinking things like, um, like Jen Sinclair's Lift Weights Faster program. I'll make sure to link that for anyone who's curious about it, where she was very much about like lifting weights to, to build strength at the same time as building your cardio because you're doing it at a faster rate, obviously assuming that you've got good form and stuff so that we're preventing injury here. Um, yeah. But in order to, to boost your cardio at the same time, what are your thoughts on that? It's perfect. 100% yeah. perfect. Yeah. In fact, I do that quite a bit with a lot of my clients. Um, I think it's super important. So yeah, no, that's hundred percent. Perfect. You're getting your heart rate up. It's all about getting that heart rate up. Um, firing those muscles up. So it's not just limited to, I think sometimes in our minds, we think it's running and that usually becomes the first thing people think about with cardio. Right. And that's usually the first thing my my clients, when I'm interviewing them, I can't run. That's great. You don't have to. (laughs) So even things like getting kettlebell swings, you know, that gets that heart rate up there big time. Um, I love, I think cardio with weights is fantastic. Yeah. Spot on. I love it. No, that's awesome because it's, it can be really easy to, I think you're right that people just automatically jump to running. And the other thing is I think there's so many people who, and, and I was guilty of this years ago, I wouldn't even really be going for walks very often, but then all of a sudden I'd wake up one day and I'm like, you know, I'm going to take up running. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, me too. literally like walk before you run. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. And then no wonder we ended up hating it because we felt miserable. We weren't trained. We probably injuring ourselves and, the whole business. So I, I run one 5k a month. That's kind of been my goal just for fun. Um, I don't do it the time or I just finished my last 5k last weekend and I've got another one coming up and I just love it for fun. Um, but I, it's running's not really my thing. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, doesn't it? I, I do a little bit here and there, but I just love the 5k's for it's fun to be in the crowd and all this stuff. But yeah, you have to absolutely train for it. You cannot just, and honestly, I have to say it's my strength training, um, my kettlebell training, all that stuff that allows me to go out and run these random 5Ks without getting injured. Yes. I think that's really important to underscore too, because this is the problem is that a lot of people kind of go from zero to hero. They end up injured. uh, You know, they'll, they'll end up doing damage to things like their knees or their, their hips, any of these different injuries that, that you can come across with running. And it's because we, we, aren't, we aren't allowing ourselves to work our way up to it. It's Absolutely. like with your clients, right? It's like that little 1% increase. Actually, I, I, uh, I read Atomic Habits by James Clear. I'll link that up in the show notes as well. And his entire, the, the basis for his entire book essentially is 1% improvement. on the 1% and that it's about consistency with that 1%, that is going to get you way farther. It will compound over time as opposed to trying to, you know, change everything all at once, failing, and then you end up worse off than you were before. 100 effing percent. I mean, and that is what I preach day in, day out. I get so sick of hearing myself say it, (laughs) but it's those little baby, tiny changes. Let's go back to my well, all of my clients, but if we use my 80 year old who just proposed to his girlfriend last weekend, um, we started at the tiniest thing. It was ridiculously small. And sometimes I make it even smaller so that they feel like I can do this. I can do this. I got this. I can. And that's what kind of keeps them. If you make them feel defeated, who wants to come back again with that? So you get like this one little thing. So yeah, yes. Last week we did 
10 step ups on each leg. Guess what? This week we're doing 11. And we get all excited because we did one more than we did last week. See, this is the thing is that people, we, we set ourselves up to fail a lot of times. And, and then we beat ourselves up and go into these, you know, emotional, uh, like we, we just have such a hard time with ourselves when we try and do this 180. We know it's probably going to fail, but we try and tell ourselves that this time will be different. Right. And then when it inevitably goes wrong, we are just, we recite ourselves. We, we, yep. It's like we can't function. And then we never do end up making any of the change. We have yep. to get ourselves that super quick win. I think that that is a really great takeaway from this, from this episode is it's about the small wins, like as small as possible. You know what? As long as you are 1% better than yesterday, you're on an upward track. And if you're 5% worse, right? Like you can still come back from it. <laughs> That's exactly right. And yeah, I've seen it over and over. It's funny. I have another client who started with me 11 years ago. No, sorry, nine years ago. Um, and she was super resistant to exercise. I mean, super, had all the excuses. Her knees were shot, everything going on. She had been in um, therapy for her back, but literally her husband and her kids had to pull her out of her chair because she couldn't get up. And she was very overweight. She was in the 350 pound, um, I don't know, kilos, sorry. Um, <laughs> but she was, she was very overweight. And through the years, you know, we try stuff and get our little wins. And, and she had messaged me uh, three years ago, is it? Uh, in January and said, Rhonda, I, I need your help. I can't. She tried to do it on her own. And she's like, I'm getting weaker. I feel horrible. I'm like, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to get on your recumbent bike. First, we found the one thing that she felt comfortable she could do. Mm -hmm. I'm like, do you want to get on the treadmill? No, that was too daunting. Okay. Um, how about your recumbent bike? How do you feel about that? Oh, that's great. Okay. Here's what I need you to do. I need you to commit to five minutes on your bike. And then I need you to take a picture of you did your bike or you, and I need you to text me every day and tell me you got it done. And I still have all the long laundry list of all this, these texts and stuff, messages. And it was amazing how in that first week, wow, I did seven minutes today. Fantastic. That is great. You know, well, here we are three years later. And of course there were some ups and downs. She had some injuries. She's lost on her own, um, just with exercise and some nutrition no fad diets, nothing. She's lost 121 pounds. Wow. Um, she is, has a treadmill, a recumbent bike, and just got herself a rower uh, and an elliptical <laughs> and, and dedicated a whole room to her, her, her in her house to working out. She um, now can travel. She does a go-getter. She posts every day. I have a, a, an online group called The Challengers. She posts every single day in there where she is a hundred percent hitting her exercise goals, like 60 minutes or more every, every single day. And even when she has little injuries here and there, now she finds a way to work around them. And she's so committed and she's so on board and she has turned her life. It is just reflected. Her husband message means that I cannot thank you enough because now they travel together. They couldn't do that before. They go on bike rides together. Um, it's amazing everything that they're doing together. And it started literally with five minutes, five minutes. 
I don't think I've ever smiled this much during a podcast, nor oh. have I said, wow, so many times during a podcast. <laughs> like that is just an incredible, incredible story. And you have so many of these. And I think that it, what I love about that story too, is that it started with just that tiny bit of accountability too. So not yes. only was it only like five minutes, like we all have five minutes. Let's not kid ourselves. We all have five right. minutes. And on top of that, it was just having someone and it doesn't have to be a physical therapist. It can be someone else in, in your life. It can be, you know, a Facebook group, like any of these different things where you are asking other people essentially to hold you accountable. And yeah. that can be a total game changer. And it was for her. She did. That's all she wanted. She needed somebody to, I'm sorry about this beeping. I'm not sure where it's coming from. Um, oh, I don't even hear it. No, no. Okay, worries. Yeah, I, it, it was, that's what she needed. It made her feel good. It gave her a sense of accomplishment. Like we were talking about earlier, it gave her the sense of winning and she wanted to share that win. So I was the person in the beginning, it was just me. And then as she started getting better and better, she, uh, she came out of her shell and I started running these master your motivation consistency challenges where we would con commit to exercising 10 minutes a day for 14 days. Um, just to get the ball rolling and we would check in with each other and I wanted people to do things that were fun for them. I gave them workouts that they could do if they chose to, but just to actually get the ball rolling. And it was funny because she was so far in her shell in the beginning. Then she kind of became the spokesperson. Actually, she was the motivation as to why I even created that challenge. Oh, that is just so, so incredibly inspiring. Like you just have some amazing, amazing stories that you are pulling out today. And I hope that everyone else is as inspired as I am because you're, you're blowing me away here with these incredible clients of yours. So tell us if for anyone who, even after all of this, if they still aren't, you know, they aren't sure where to start, they aren't sure where to begin. What are some ways that somebody could get, get moving, get started doing something to start increasing their health with you know, movement and exercise? Great question. So yeah, motivation is hard to come by when you've been sedentary and not moving at all because it feels really big, right? It feels like, like we were talking about going from zero to hero. So what I would suggest is this, can you stand up and sit down out of your chair? Can you do that five times in a row? Just get up and sit down, get up, sit down, get up, sit down five times. Perfect. There's a place to start. Um, if you can do that, then can you do that consistently for the next three or four days? And then maybe do it six times. Um, if you are feeling like you just want a little bit more than that, well, can you go outside, uh, walk one house up and one house back? Great. Um, that's better than nothing. Uh, maybe tomorrow you go one and a half houses up and one and a half houses back. Um, and just work yourself up, you know, just do these little things. Can you um, lift your arms over your head uh, five times, six times? And I'm talking, this is very sedentary, obviously, you know, but if there's something, can you just do something, any little teeny tiny thing, stand up and sit down, lift your arms over your head, walk up one house and back. There you go. Um, try to find something that makes, you know, even those little wins will make you feel better about than doing nothing. And it might seem really small and you might seem like, God, Rhonda, that's ridiculous. Of course I can walk one house up and one house back. Okay. Then why aren't you doing it? You know, just try it. Just give it a shot. Um, you know, you might get out there and find that walking up five houses on your street and coming back feels really good. Who knows? Just 
be willing and open to try anything um, and start small. And then really, if you do it, pat yourself on the back, give yourself kudos and announce it to the world. Guess what? I st stood up and sat down five times a day, raised my head, hands over my head, and I walked up a house and back. That's more than I've done in 10 years. Fantastic. Get the world to, to high five and, and celebrate with you. I absolutely love how simple you're making that because that, that's the thing, you know, I, I, and, and that you mentioned, you know, people will think you're crazy for just keeping it that small, but this is the thing, like, don't overlook the simple 1%, like that little 1% that we're talking about. I see this all the time with nutrition too, that people will come to me going, you know, Hey, I want to start the keto diet. And I'm like, <gasps> okay, but <laughs> like we yeah. could, we could do a whole podcast. Oh, whole on deal on that. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, okay, but you know, are you hydrating properly? Are you sleeping decently? Do you currently like eat, you know, prioritize vegetables and, and protein? If you don't have those things in place first, then the keto diet isn't going to magically solve your problem because if you can't stick to, to the basics, how are you going to stick to something like, like keto, right? It's like so we have to, to yeah. yeah, we have to master a certain level of something and get comfortable there. And you know what, once you master that simple stuff, you might not need the keto diet. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> That's right. So funny. Well, and, and there's a lot to be said here for momentum, I think too, especially with movement and exercise that, you know, if you just start somewhere and you, you walk the one house or the two houses, you might end up, like you said, like going for five or six, or you go yeah. a little farther than that because you're already outside. Right. And, and momentum, I think we underestimate momentum a lot and, and we just don't get started. And once we get started, then it gets the ball rolling and that is what is going to help us to continue to make progress. Yeah, energy begets energy. So Absolutely. When you put energy, you're gonna feel more energetic. And when you feel more energetic, you feel better. And then we could do a whole other episode on just the benefits of exercise on the brain. Um, that's a whole other thing. We don't have time to get into that now, but even that you're just producing the chemicals, walking those two houses up, doing your little five sit to stands and raising your arms over your head, you're already getting some happy chemicals going on in the brain. And the brain's like, hmm, I, I really need some more of this. So it's, it's just such a win, win, win. But don't think you have to start running marathon to get started. It really is the tiny little things. And it gives confidence too, because when you, when you get that little win under your belt, it's like you've been saying this whole time as well, that yeah, you know, you want to get the wins under, under your belt so that, that you then continue to, to move forward and to progress. But a big part of that is developing the confidence in yourself. And you're like, wow, I can actually do this thing. And right. then you look at your clients down the road and he's like lifting up, you know, the equivalent of 40 pounds, 40 pounds with kettlebells. And yep. there was a lot in between that. Like he didn't go from one to the other overnight. No, but he no. confidence slowly, right? Exactly. I mean, and so much so that he's asking a woman to marry him at age 80 and they're planning on building a house. And I mean, they are like, if she's going to turn 77 or 78, um, they're not planning on stopping. That and, is the sweetest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, they, they are like, we're going to make it to a hundred and we're going to thrive. And, so, and it was the baby steps. That's what got him to where he is today. In fact, he invited me to go to the wedding. He's like, you have to be here. So I can't wait. It's going to be oh the day after gosh. Valentine's Day next year. Oh, um, I want to come to this wedding. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so sweet. Oh my gosh, Rhonda, you're killing me here. I love it. So tell everyone where they can find you because I want to make sure that everyone can, uh, can connect with you and, 
and hear more about these amazing success stories that you have. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So you can um, find me at Rhonda Roberts and Trollman on Facebook, or if you just go Rhonda Trollman, I'll pop up or Coach Rhonda T. Um, and then Instagram is at Coach Rhonda T. So that's where I hang out. Mostly you can kind of scroll through my feed and you will see, you'll actually see uh, pictures of um, my clients that I've been talking about. And there's some video of them talking and just some inspirational stories, some tips some tricks and all that kind of stuff. So if anyone is ever having a day where you don't want to get out of your cozy bed and go to the gym, just not that I'm like condoning being on your phone in bed, but maybe you just need to whip out uh, <laughs> Rhonda's Instagram, listen at, to some of these amazing stories and that will get your butt going. That's for sure. <laughs> exactly. And especially when you hear people that have overcome the breast cancer or overcome or are fighting MS and, and such, it's, it's such a true inspiration because they like my MS gal, she knows she would have been in a wheelchair. She's been with us eight years now and she was headed to wheelchair land. Um, yes, she has declined over, but she's still not in a wheelchair and she's still fighting the fight. So, you know, that's still eight years that we've kept that damn wheelchair away. That's so powerful. There's, yeah, I can't think of, of a more powerful reason to stay in shape and to do whatever we can to protect and support our bodies. That's just amazing. Blows me we away. Were meant, we were meant to move, girl. We were never meant to sit on our butts. We were meant to move. Isn't that the beautiful way to, to start wrapping this up? Oh my gosh. So tell us, I always ask every guest, if you could offer one people, oh my gosh, if you could offer people, <laughs> I've asked this question so many times, I'm already screwing it up. If you could offer people one piece of advice on growing into the best possible version of themselves, what would it be? I would have to say, really start to get to know yourself. Listen to your body, listen to your mind. Um, try not get off the social media, turn off the TV and spend some quiet time with yourself. Um, I think you'd be amazed at what you might learn about yourself. That's such a great reminder. Such a good reminder. And so many of us now are, are just, we're sort of in this constant state of being surrounded by stimuli and, and we're sort of afraid to just let go and just be alone or, you know, quiet or anything like that. So that's a really, really beautiful reminder. Yep. Oh my gosh. Distraction. We're distracted way too much and we're not tuning into what we really, what our, what we are saying to ourselves or what our bodies are saying to ourselves or what we really want to make ourselves happy. Exactly. Oh, Rhonda, this has just been so good. And just the most beautiful, beautiful reminders and examples of how important it is to move, to exercise, to take care of ourselves. And I, I'm just really excited for everyone to connect with you and to get to know you a little bit better because I, I always love hearing with you, hearing from you. And this whole episode has just been awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> How incredible is that amazing woman? And those stories, oh my gosh, I, my, I'm just so touched. I, I'm overwhelmed with how incredible some of the changes are that Rhonda has, has made in these people's lives. And these are changes all of us can make too, no matter what age you are. And just really appreciating what we have too. If you are, are an able-bodied person, we often forget just how special that is. So I hope that this episode has been a really great reminder to you to get up, to get moving, to, to make use of the incredible body that you've been given and that that will sustain you in the longer term. 
So for any information mentioned in today's episode and on how to connect with Rhonda, make sure to go over to roomtogrowpodcast.com find all the goodies over there. And I want to make sure that you can go connect with Rhonda to thank her for all of her incredible expertise today. Don't forget there's new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. So we will be back next week. Thanks so much for listening to the room to grow podcast today. All show notes and references can be found over at roomtogrowpodcast.com. And can you do me one huge favor before you go though? If you can take a, take a screenshot of this episode and tag me on social media, I would absolutely love to see who's listening and get to connect with you and thank you. And if you could leave a review on iTunes, that would go a long way and make such a huge difference. It really helps to get the word out there, get more amazing guests on the show and helps to get all of this information out to the world. Looking forward to growing with you. 